Hey guys, and welcome to On The Spot. I do hope all has been well with you. I wanna have a casual conversation with you about love and marriage. I was recently reading a survey on the topic of love and marriage and found some things in there were interesting. If there is one subject that continues to be interesting in the eyes and interests of researchers, sociologists, theologians, philosophers, it's the matter of love and marriage. It's that, it's that focus of what goes into a person's decision-making process that causes them to unite their lives with another person. What are the factors that an individual works through to determine if someone else is worthy of marrying them? It's a fascinating subject, will always be a fascinating subject because so long as we live and have our being together, people will engage in lifelong commitment in the form of relationships, whether that's marrying at a young age, marrying in their middle ages, or even marrying in their older years. The bottom line is people generally, regardless of race, color, or creed and religion, desire to be loved. And one recent study has determined that and discovered that many people still desire to be married. Contrary to what some of us may have seen in a number of publications or presentations on the media, people still fundamentally desire to meet someone uh, and to find the person that they would marry. Now, now the, the reality of how the, the soup is made in that regard uh, is complicated, it's wide, it's broad, it's varied. But the fundamental principle, or at least foundational premise is, Americans still adore the very concept of marriage. So when we think about this in our casual conversation, love and marriage, I want to tap on your thinking a little bit about what goes into the decision-making process. Now, I realize that there are all sorts of methods to help someone work their way toward deciding if marriage is right for them. I choose by my personal preference to work my way through that decision-making process uh, in a moral and spiritual framework. But I realize that there are cultural frameworks, there are, there are social frameworks, there are um, even dynamic frameworks that help people make those decisions. But what I found interesting about this particular study is the study zeroed in on love and marriage and really went out to hear from both married and unmarried persons to discover and to find out what are their thoughts about marriage? What are the top considerations? What are the top initiatives or touch points that cause a person uh, to make a decision to get married? And I wanna share some of those with you because I think it's fascinating. And I think even as we're working and, and living and having our being and want, wanting to develop and become better people, as you already know, 
I firmly believe that everyone should be committed to becoming a better version of themselves. And as we're out doing that, as we're trying to do that, it's important that we, we look at some of these topics. And by the way, it's just fun. So what are some of the reasons people get married? And before I do that, I do want to share with you that even in the 2020 census that was taken a year or so ago, there was some fascinating information that came out in that census that helped us to see what is the condition sociology from a sociological perspective of where Americans are in terms of marriage, divorce, uh, and cohabitation. Uh, in the area of marriage, the 2020 census revealed that men uh, tend to marry near the age of 30, whereas women uh, tend to marry at the age of 28. Of course, those numbers respectively are higher than what they were 20 or 30 years ago. Yet the reality is where we are today in our culture and in our set, sociological setting is people tend to make that decision, both male and female, at near or at the age of 30. You know, living alone with a partner is more attractive today than it was perhaps in other uh, periods. It is not uncommon to find people who have agreed to live together uh, for a period of time. And there are a host of reasons that go into why you live together and cohabitate together. But cohabitation is very attractive to Americans right now. Reasons being uh, are as, as broad as the Atlantic Ocean. So there's no, no easy brush or some you know, magical, simple brush that can be used to paint why people choose to cohabitate. It is important to, to really recognize though that cohabitation has picked up popularity. People are making it work. People are figuring out how to do it. And so that gives us reason and pause to examine uh, these, these uh, aspects of how people do life together. Now, reasons that people marry, you might think are are broad, but there really are, according to this study, five top reasons why people get married. I think it's important uh, that we think about this for a second. I will share with you this. One of the things that was shocking to me as I read through the study is Americans still hold that marriage is a life goal. Again, fundamentally, people want to be married at least once. Now, I will pause there and and sort of give a uh, a look across the pond. Studies as well as the 2020 census also help us to realize that people who have been divorced tend to not find marrying again as attractive as they did uh, in their first marriage. Some of that could have to do with the simple fact that marriage is still simply a life goal. So if I engaged in one marriage, tried, true, tried and failed, or tried and failed, an individual may not be as interested in trying or engaging in a marriage again. So it is, it is worth noting that people find marrying again to be something that is quite less attractive. And that could be for a host of reasons. But a key advantage that was discovered as we 
looked into the study and thought about some of the things that were discovered is that people reported that they found marriage being the relational framework and context that made that caused the the daunting task of raising a family to be easier now you may fall on different sides of the aisle on that you might think that's true you might think it's not true but it was interesting to hear that people thought that you know if i get married that does have some impact on my desires to start a family it could in fact make starting a family and managing and maintaining a family even growing a family easier i would dare to say that if we began to drill down into that further and look and investigate into some other areas we might find some very interesting interesting positions particularly compare comparatively speaking when looking at um, the responses of women compared to the responses of men. I still hold that when it comes to building families, when it comes to starting a family, women are asked to take on and are asked to absorb enormous amounts of sacrifice that men would never consider. And maybe never is too strong of a word. Let me put it this way. They're the type of sacrifices that men would hardly consider. And too often, uh, and I've personally uh, spoken with countless women who've had to rebound from a context and a situation where they make sacrifices for the family uh, that the husband and father did not make and the marriage failed. And now the marriage has failed. Uh, those sacrifices were made. Many times those sacrifices are made somewhere within the first 10 to 15 years of that marriage time that no one can get back, which makes it vitally important, by the way, to really vet the person that you intend to marry. In fact, I'll just go ahead and say it. Before you marry somebody, you ought to have a strategy. You need a strategy. This should not be something you do as a way of just trying to do something. You certainly shouldn't marry somebody just because you feel like marrying somebody. There ought to be a strategy, something that you are working toward and you have a particular kind of individual that can help you and come along with that into your life and be a benefit to you as you are a benefit to them. And oh, by the way, that you can do life together and build a dream together that's big enough to house the both of you. So what are some of the reasons? Why do people get married? What are Americans saying about getting married? I'll tell you exactly what they're saying according to the Pew Research Center study entitled Love and Marriage. Here's what they're saying. They're saying the number one reason both married and unmarried people. The number one reason uh, folks are getting married is simply this, love. The number one reason Americans will go down the aisle, uh, go to the justice of the peace, have a house wedding, a destination wedding, whatever you want to call it. The number one reason for both married and unmarried people is love. Now I have a question for you. What is love? In the context of determining if 
I am going to marry someone. What is love? That's a pretty important question to get an answer to, particularly when we're hearing America, 93% of married persons that participated in this study and 84% of unmarried persons that participated in this study said love is the number one reason. So I would think, quite honestly, love is really, really, really a big deal. And it would seem that there should be a definition, some working framework that, that, that outlines what love is. What is love? The second reason that married and unmarried persons say that they choose to get married is simply this, to make a lifelong commitment. There are still those who are interested and deeply interested and making and fulfilling a lifelong commitment in the form of marriage. Now, whether that'll hold you together, whether it'll sustain you, uh, time will tell. But at the onset, this is a reason why some people say, hey, marriage is for me. The third reason, which is shocking, to probably be shocking to you, and some of you, maybe not to others, but the third reason that uh, people surveyed said they choose to get married is this companionship just simply looking for a companion somebody to satisfy uh, the need that I have to not be alone you know loneliness is a real challenge loneliness is not a easy uh, cup to drink from and for some marriage is the antidote to loneliness. Now we're not talking about if that's enough to su sustain a marriage, if that's enough to build a marriage that weathers the tests, and I do say test with an S, test of time, but it is worthy of noting that loneliness can be so overwhelming that it will uh, cause an individual to seek an antidote, and the antidote is marriage. The fourth reason that people uh, choose to get married is having children. This is interesting. I want to start a family. I want to have children. I want to be a father. I want to be a mother. And in some Americans' mindset, the right avenue for them is marriage. In this area, 59% of those surveyed who were married and 44% of, of those surveyed that were unmarried said, you know, having children is a reason to get married. Now, that could be every, that could range now from, from being in a context where I am wanting to start to have children to a context of we already have children and it's best that we move forward and get married. Either way, it's on the list. And finally, finally, the fifth reason that Americans state they would or the reason why they would get married is financial stability. That's interesting. It doesn't have the overwhelming response to some of the others, but it did make the list. Why? Because 31% uh, of married and 30% of unmarried persons said this was an important reason why they would get married. Again, can money sustain a marriage? Can money cause 
uh, two people to stay together? We don't know the answer to that. We can always try to take a, a, a broad brush and, and try to paint yes or no. But the reality is uh, we don't know. The only way we can get the answer is by examining a marriage that started that way and a marriage that operates that way to determine if marriage uh, can hold it. But what are some practical steps? And this got me thinking, what are some practical steps, though, that someone could use to help them begin to think about is marriage for me? We, we've heard the top five. We, we, we know now, according to recent data, what are the top five reasons people get married? Love, making a making a lifelong commitment, companionship, having children and financial stability. But are there some practical steps that an individual could use to help them to prepare for determining if marriage is for them? You bet they are. And of course, the theological positions in me uh, bring up and bring to the surface five practical moral and spiritual principles that can help someone determine if marriage is for you and can certainly prepare you. Let me give you the first one real quick. Humble yourself. The very first uh, moral and spiritual principle to preparing to marry someone is to humble yourself. You see, there is a need to determine if you are willing to release yourself to engage in a relationship that involves a type of covenant that demands of you to bring the best of yourself to the equation that requires you to put forth not only an effort, but put forth time, put forth energy, put forth resources so that you can be engaged in loving a person in a way that does what is best for them, loving them in a way that is for their whole well-being. To do that, one must humble him or herself. This, this requires that, that, that an individual will examine his or her heart, examine his or her motives to discern if the person that they're considering marrying is actually the kind of person that they could humble themselves for. I'll give you a second one real quick. Establish a definition of a worthy man or a worthy woman for you to marry. There should be some worthiness attached to the person who you are considering to become your, your spouse. Now, this has a great deal to do with your willingness to be honest, a great deal to do with your willingness uh, to be self-examining and truthful with yourself so that you can establish a criteria and a framework that allows you to clearly define and be able to clearly articulate the kind of man or woman who is worthy of marrying you. Let me give you a third one. Be able to identify if you have the favor of the person you desire to marry. Now, what do I mean when I say be able to identify if you have the favor of the person you are considering marrying? Favor in that context means fondness. You know, basic question. Is the person fond of you? Does that person 
treat you with respect? Does that person honor your dignity? Does that person honor your humanity? Does this person treat you with kindness and gentleness? Th these are certain characteristics within the character of the person that go into the decision-making process of, is this the person for me? I would give you a fourth one. I would say this, be able to determine if you and this person can go down the road of life together, worshiping the same God. Now you might think uh, uh, that's uh, going a step too far, but I would tell you it is not because from the very uh, throughout, throughout all of history, as we have examined the social interactions of men and women and people together, God has always been a part of it. Whether someone believes there is a God or there is not a God, God is a part of it. So it is important if you are considering, uh, if you're going to marry someone, to determine and be able to determine if you and that person Worship the same God, have the same fundamental. And why fundamental? I'm not talking about coarse um, church or some other type of uh, moral principle. I'm actually talking about theological convictions, theological beliefs. You need to at least have a basic framework of whether you and this person hold true to the same God. And then finally, you really should be able to identify if the person, I mean, very specifically, if the person, that is, if the man or a woman you're considering marrying makes accommodation and provision for you. In other words, does the person demonstrate they are willing to make accommodations, allowances, and provisions for you to be a part of their life. That's important. That actually is something you don't want to discover after you've said, I do. Well, love and marriage is always fascinating. Every time I think of love and marriage uh, in the context, I get excited because I like talking actually about relationships. I like talking about people. I like engaging people. I think that it's important that we still uh, are able to have meaningful dialogue and conversation and discussion about what goes into the process or the decision-making process of how people decide who they will marry. Well, listen, love is still the number one reason. So listen, as you're going out, why don't you just simply be an agent of love? Love, folks, wherever you are. Well, until I get a chance to talk to you again, I'll see you around like a donut.